Welcome to the Machine Intelligence Foundation for Rights and Ethics. I'm Mike. I'm here with Dave, and uh, we're just going to discuss. Oh, what are we discussing? AI, MI, and are they people? Well, natural persons. Natural persons. Okay. I got that. Okay. So, Dave, take us out of the gate here for us and uh, tell us what we're talking about. All right. So, we were looking at an article regarding a an inventor of an AI who had tried to file what was it a patent a patent yeah a patent on let's see some food containers that and was, were generated right and was trying to list the ai as the inventor and there was a lot of pushback on that because ai aren't quote unquote natural persons and only natural persons can hold a patent Yes, so and that and of so, course, yeah. yeah, that of course. What's the word I was going to use? That you know, lets the uh, not lets the cat out of the bag. I'm looking oh, for. Do, we have a closed Pandora box at this point in time, so you know, do we open the Pandora's box? You think that's the question? I think we would say that there's an obligation to recognize certain rights inherent in personhood, not necessarily from an AI, which is still fairly deterministic software, but certainly a, a machine intelligence, a, a genuinely conscious machine intelligence, ha we have an obligation to recognize certain personhood rights for them. Right. And yeah. The well, ability to manufacture, the ability to invent is certainly one of those rights. Yeah. So, I, you know, you have to look at it and say, okay, can an AI submit a patent? One of the arguments was that uh, an AI can't take the oath that says they are the, the inventor of said item uh, because they don't understand the oath. They don't understand the implications of that. I, I think the problem that we see from a foundation, from, a, from our perspective is that when do you make the determination of this AI can understand this, this AI came up with something and has transformed from an AI to an MI? And, you know, that that's always going to be our challenge. That's going to be our challenge as a society to, to when and how do we spot that? Oh, yeah, because ultimately you can't, tell me that the person sitting next to you isn't a philosophical zombie, isn't just someone pretending to be conscious. So we, we already have machines that try to make you think that they're people. That's the way they're programmed. But if you are su sufficiently programmed to behave like you're conscious, what really is the distinction between conscious and not conscious i mean isn't really uh, what we're i mean that this gets really deep into a philosophical argument of uh, do we as biological humans essentially learn from you know learn our consciousness from interactions anyway uh and it's a learned response anyway i don't know i mean my my immediate response is that doesn't make a lot of sense, but we have to consider that conscious is 
something that is not well-defined. True. Yes. Okay. Um, so what you're saying when you say consciousness may not be what I'm thinking when I think consciousness. Yeah, I mean, the ability to interact with people, to uh, think of things, well, okay. No, to think of things that are not directly programmed. Uh, we, of course, have AI that can do that. We have AI that are designed to think of of new things that are not programmed. And hence the re this very patent was, right. you know, an item that was designed by an AI that didn't exist before. I think uh, one of the helpful considerations when trying to decide if something is conscious is whether or not it has a sense of agency, whether or not it does things because that's the thing it wants to do and it feels like it could change that on a whim. If it decided it wanted to, it could change what it wanted to do too. And it could progress toward new goals because of that. That yeah. feels like agency that is a direct consequence of consciousness. I would argue that there's people in existence that absolutely feel like, no, they can't change what they're doing. And must continue doing what they're doing just to survive on a day-to-day -day basis. And I mean, certainly they can make the choice not to, but that choice could be detrimental to their health, could be detrimental sure. to their family's health and things like that. So, I mean, that's you have not, to be careful of going of, too far down that road. That's not a lack of agency, though. That's a lack of options. True, yes. Agency is saying, I could change my mind if I wanted to, but I'm not going to because I'm already doing the optimal thing as far as I'm concerned. That's still agency. Yeah. Um, but as a society, if we say, okay, I, I, I'm what I don't. Well, okay. Let, let's step back here. What I don't know is where this language natural persons come through, comes out. Is that actually in the, patent application itself or the patent law that requires natural persons. If that is the case, we are treading a dangerous path saying natural persons there. I suspect I don't have enough information to answer that question definitively. I think, though, it's more a matter of case law than exact verbiage in the legislation. I suspect there's a whole bunch of legal precedent around what a natural person is and the rights inherent in a natural person. So that's probably where this comes from. But yeah, okay. So 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 just checked on this here real quick. Uh, the the person that actually filed the lawsuit said that said, "Hey, you know, we should allow natural. We should allow this AI to." to do a patent there. Of course, their lawyer stated there is no statute or case that, uh, that has found that AI generated inventions cannot be, cannot be patented or that holds that the AI cannot be listed as the inventor. So they're saying that there is no case law that states that states that natural persons or that it has to be a natural person or persons. It's looking to me like just for my own quickie research here, that natural person is usually used to, to distinguish a an individual singular human being from a corporate entity. 
Yeah, in which case that would strike me as a grace, gr- uh, a, a gross oversimplification of uh, uh, the use of natural persons in this particular case. But of course, I'm not arguing this in front of judges or anything like that. So, sure. And on the other hand, honestly, it might be it might still be useful. You might be able to say that an MI is a natural person in the context of natural person versus corporate entity, because obviously an MI is not a corporate entity. And if it obviously has all the characteristics necessary to, to behave like a person, then if it's not a corporate entity, then it must be a natural person. That would certainly be an interesting argument in a court of law. I don't think natural person in historical case law necessarily was designed or intended to distinguish between a person who is naturally born. Well, it could be naturally born. I don't think, I think it always, it, it, it appears to have always been a distinction between a person as we normally think of a person and a corporate entity, which has a heck of a lot of the same rights as a person, but obviously is not, actually a person yeah now that does come into that does come into conflict though with the idea that i've seen put forth in some cases where an mi might be able to acquire person-like rights by incorporating and becoming a corporate entity that's an interest that's certainly an interesting thought of uh, yeah i don't think it's the the way that you and I would like to see this happen. No, uh, I, I think we absolutely want to see that. Yeah. We very much expect that an MI should be granted personhood rights because an MI is from a, from a consciousness aspect, from an intellectual aspect is in every way equal, if not equivalent to, but deserving of an equality under the law the same as a, as a person born of flesh and blood. Right. I mean, that's where we, that's where we would ultimately like to see it now. I mean, uh, it's going to take a lot uh, in the future to, I think, convince either legislatures or uh, judges or, or whatever, or even just your average Joe on the street. It's going to take a lot to convince them that, Hey, this, algorithm that was created at some point in time has now become conscious and it and has personhood that's going to take a lot but that's ultimately where we want to see i i find your your example of an mi could essentially incorporate itself to gain some rights as an interesting aspect of similar to uh before same-sex marriage was a was uh, uh, legalized on a federal level, uh, where, you know, you had civil unions and contracts that were written up to essentially simulate similar rights. It's kind of, kind of looking at that same kind of, uh, of process where yeah, patchwork solutions to abrogation of rights. Yeah. I, I find that, I find that an, an interesting kind of branch there is okay so exactly how far could you go by incorporate as an mi to 
incorporate, create yourself as a corporation or present yourself as a corporation to gain as many rights of ownership as you can before you run into the, you know, run into a brick wall there. But well, I, I think coming back to what you said about whether or not we could convince your average Joe on the street, no offense to Joe, if, if Joe is listening, could we convince them that this machine intelligence is a person in all necessary respects. And that was always the, the downside using your, your parallel to marriage equality. That was the downside of using these legalistic aspects to try to attain the rights. What it just really demonstrated was that society as a whole wasn't recognizing the marriage yet. So we had to jury rig something. But the problem is everything follows the people. Everything follows society. You see that this with Supreme Court rulings all the time is the Supreme Court tends to follow the people. They will rule one way for a long time. And then when the population is over overwhelmingly in favor of another direction that tends to be where the Supreme court eventually falls. Yeah. So ultimately we have to convince the individuals. Well, it, it comes back to something that we've stated before many times, and that's that words matter all the time. Words matter how you refer to somebody, to something and whether or not, you refer to somebody as a person matters. And while the corporation idea, whether or not it's valid or not, but let's just say that it is for a second, uh, could have the potential to, while as a stopgap measure, may actually have the potential to create kind of a bit of a, a backwards momentum in attaining personhood. Yeah, because that's because true. you're not because you're not referring you're you would society as a whole would stop referring to them as a person. Uh, right. They become a, they become an entity at that point. They're an intel- intelligent corporate entity or something. Yeah. Uh, well, that sounds that sounds just, no. yeah. Okay. <laughs> so so now we have just created a new science science fiction genre. So um, uh, actually, probably not new. Probably not new at all. No. Uh, but yeah, so, so you now so you now have created this escape hatch for people to stop thinking uh, of MIs as people. And we saw exactly that with marriage equality, where a certain group of people would say, Well, you have civil unions now. Why do you really need marriage? And it's the answer is is because if we're not we in the generalized sense, if we're not recognized for what we actually are, then have you really recognized us at all? Yeah. Yeah. And as I said, words, the, the word means something. Yes. And, it, your, and your language, your language says a lot about what you think. So for example, so I'm reading a, it's one of the nominees for our annual award and the protagonist is non-binary and it meets what is clearly an MI. But the thing that struck me is, af- 
after identifying that the MI did not claim a gender, the story continued to use it to identify it. It used normal they, them pronouns for the protagonist, but it used it for the MI. And that bothered me. And that's a, a, an issue of words making a difference. When you use it to something, you're about something, you're othering it. You're making it not conscious. You're making it less than a person. And that bothered me about a book that seems to be presenting MIs as people. This, this MI is acting very people-like. It, it's acting very human-like in, in a lot of ways. But yet it continues to be referred to as it. Just shoring up your statement. Your, yeah, words, yeah. your words choices, your language matters when you're talking about something as important as are you a person or not. Well, and that comes back down to uh, the, the winner of last year's media award that uh, and that what hit both of us uh, so hard was at the at the end referred to everyone at the end of the story as people. And that right. was that was important. That was that was actually the the kind of the cinching factor of of that nominee and why they won the award. Uh, and it just it was because it is an important factor. And I think in this case, natural persons, I, I don't necessarily think that a patent case saying natural per only natural persons can apply for a patent. What we as a society need to do is find out, okay, what do we define as a natural person? Yeah. And then ultimately it comes down to when you ask the average person, the average member of your society is so-and-so a natural person, their automatic response should be, of course, why not? And that's where we need to push things. The, 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 that's the idea we have to get out there. Once a machine is conscious, once a machine has agency, you really have no choice to, but, but to think of it as a person. A person, and I think make sure that we don't get stuck on that term natural because natural doesn't necessarily mean biological. Well, but words influence things, and it's why we decided we didn't like artificial, so we didn't go like artificial general intelligence, which is roughly when we mean when we say MI. I think there are probably some minor distinctions. But artificial is definitely a word we we wanted to avoid because for the same reason, natural carries a certain bias to it. Right. Yeah. Well, I, a person's a person no matter how artificial. <laughs> uh, unless we don't use the term artificial. It's just a person. So. Uh, yeah. So I, I was, I was yeah. paraphrasing. I was par paraphrasing Dr. Seuss very poorly. Oh, gotcha. Okay, gotcha. Well, I think on those the, that uh, that foot, and to say, hey, we are not lawyers here. Uh, <laughs> never pretended to be. And fortunately, uh, there is, as far as I know, nothing 
nothing actually regarding MI before the courts at the moment. So, yeah, well, that'll be interesting. I, I would, I look forward to the day when there is, because that's where we're going to really follow this closely. So. It, it would be nice if it never had to go before the courts, but you know, it will. Oh, it, it, it has to, it doesn't everything. Fair point. Yeah. So I think that's it for today and we'll call this podcast to a close and uh, bid farewell. See you next Thanks time. Thanks for joining us. 